You're listening to The Lucid Entrepreneur. My name is Rene Bos and I'm your podcast host. In full disclosure, I'm here to share with you through this podcast what's going on behind the scenes and behind the curtains of a Dutch entrepreneur living in Bali, trying to live a life with meaning and purpose. I'll be sharing with you the good, the bad and the ugly, all for your own learning and inspiration. Enjoy listening and please subscribe to receive my weekly new episodes. Welcome back to another new episode of the Lucid Entrepreneur. Um, Yeah, this is the second episode. I recorded the first one last week, which was actually really exciting. (laughs) It was really exciting to record it. I see that quite a lot of people have started listening it. I've also had some feedback from friends and people that have been following me online that they really think it's it's a great concept and that they're curious to hear more about all the things that are happening in my life and the struggles that I'm hitting as an entrepreneur but also as a as a man living his life so I'm uh, excited to share more with you the first thing that I wanted to speak into is yeah that famous 10k month that we apparently all are striving for as um, at least in my circles in the online coaching space and online entrepreneur space it's like yeah 10k months here and there and when people hit their first 10k month they celebrate and they're like oh my god i hit my first 10k month and then they're 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 working hard to get their second 10k month and you know and i guess the next level would be consistent 10k months which basically means that you have a 10k month every month right and um yeah i just wanted to speak into this phenomenon about this 10k month thing um because it definitely has been like a target for me of some sorts like that that would be the definition of being successful as a coach it's like yeah i'm able to hit the 10k month um and yeah, I started working as an entrepreneur, started my entrepreneurial journey, I think like almost three years ago in January, three years. Uh, so two and a half years now. And it's been a fucking journey. It's been rough. It's been rough, you know, and it's it's so easy to romanticize it. Like, oh, it's great. And of course, there's for me, at least I love my free time. I love like just having fun and going on adventures and sleeping in and going to the gym in the morning, right? Like my morning, my, my ideal calendar I've already built as an entrepreneur is I wake up without an alarm, which is still pretty early, like 7 a.m. because I tend to go to bed at least in Bali at 10, 11 p.m. And then I wake up super early, between 6 and 7 a.m. I meditate, I make my smoothie, then I go to the gym. I come back, I do some reading and journaling. Sometimes I've got therapy in the morning. So you can already imagine like my actual work day starts no sooner than 2 p.m. every day. And then I calculated in that I wanted to work not more than four hours a day. So it's from 2 p.m. until 6 p.m. Right. So I I feel like I was able to create a, a really amazing calendar that has space for work and has a lot of space for me for yeah personal development for self-care 
and for yeah, really taking good care of myself. So yeah, with that having said, because I'm drifting away from the topic a bit, um, that 10K month, yeah, because when I started as a coach, I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. I didn't know whether, like what kind, I knew that I wanted to be a coach. I just didn't know what kind of coach I wanted to be. So I started experimenting. I hired my first business coach, which was also a friend of mine. And we came to the decision that I was going to be a shame coach. I was going to help people with shame. And my program was actually called Win the Shame Game because yeah, I, I worked I worked on this together with my business coach that people that are playing games with their shame, pretending like it's not there, pretending who they are and really hiding the, the authentic parts of themselves. And I was going to help them quit the shame game, basically, or win the shame game to stop playing games and to really authentically show themselves to the world um, and open up completely. So... Yeah, long story short, I came up with a 12-week course. I uh, was promoting heavily in some Facebook groups, and I had maybe 20 or 30 market research calls with people, maybe even more. I think it was more. I think it was more like 40 or 50 calls that I had with people and asking them questions around their shame and the things that are really holding them back. So I had a lot of people interested. But then I got to the point where I actually needed to do the sales with them, right? So I, I decided my program was going to be 2K, $2,000 for the 12 weeks. It was a pilot program. Um, I had room for, I think, eight people, I decided. I have room for eight people. And I went through this whole journey. And, and you know, sales was already something that I have never done before. So it felt so uncomfortable to be on the phone and like, okay, now I have to tell them the price. Oh my God, so uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I did, I went through it. I had so many sales calls this way. And the, what ended up happening is people just kept coming back with, well, I don't have the money or it's too expensive or no, I cannot, I cannot miss this, this kind of money right now. And what was happening on my side because of all the, the negative, you know, response, of not people not saying yes, I want I want in, and yes, I'll gladly pay you the two k. Um, this really started hurting my self confidence quite a bit because I'm like, wow, I have this amazing program. I'm talking with so many people. I get ten no's, twenty no's, thirty no's, and a maybe and a no. It's also no. So you know, it's been really rough. And looking around me in in my yeah, the circles that I'm in, the people that I'm connected with on social media, all these people seem to be so successful and they're hitting a 10K month after another. So I really started beating myself up. Like, what? Why is this not working? And I just kept dropping my price. And, uh, and if you're listening to this and you have something you're offering online, then let me speak briefly into that kind of behavior you know so you're, you're you have a program you have a product you try to sell it online you have set a price that you feel comfortable with and then the from the moment you hear a no from someone you start devaluing yourself you are you're the first thing is like oh yeah i'm offering it for a too high price right which is a very natural thing to happen i think because you're like yeah you're not getting positive um, affirmation or you're you're not getting a positive feedback from your audience so there must be something wrong with the price right well that 
does not necessarily have to be the case. And I think for me, and uh, let me let me rephrase that. It's not only that it's probably not about um, about the price. It's about the way that you are able to share with that person that's interested in your product or service that you're able to show them the value of what you're offering right so if they hear all the things that are included in your program and and the and the results and the transformation that they can expect if you do that in the right way and you let them see that the value that they're getting is higher than the price that they're paying or the or and you can also see it as a if, if they enroll in your program or use your product or service and they are able to prevent some sort of negative impact on their lives or something that they don't want to have in their life, and it's worth more to them to invest with you than to keep on having that, that, that problem, then you're doing a great job. And I think that's also where I was going wrong. First of all, I wasn't believing in myself. Secondly, I, w- I didn't see the value in my program, so I should have worked much harder to actually see that that 2k investment was worth it and i didn't see it so then other people will also not see it so that was the biggest problem when that happened but to weave this back into the 10k months i was struggling i was dropping my prices i went down from 2k to 1k to 800 to 600 eventually i ended up signing up four people for my program of which one was for free and three people people signed up for 500 euros (laughs) so i yeah, I just dropped, I kept dropping. And um, up to a point where I'm like, I just want to have people in my program. I just want to have people say yes, right? And there's nothing wrong with this. I know that there's people coming out of the gate, blazing, uh, guns blazing, and they're like, yep, I'm starting, my program is 10K, and they sell it, right? So the difference is that they feel more confident they feel that the value that they're offering is way more than the price that they're charging right so that that's a lesson that i had to learn so i started off really really small and i think also looking at the 10k months i'm like i'm so far away from the 10k months i need to work harder i need to do my best more i need to make more of an effort Um, and it started to work against me So even though I believe that a 10K month can be a beautiful milestone, and it is a beautiful milestone, it's amazing. But I think if you're too fixated on getting to these 10K months, which I was doing, that it was actually working against me. It it was causing stress. And I remember in uh, June of this year, of 22, I hit my first 10K month. And I was through the roof so happy. I'm like, oh my God, I did it. Two years of work as an entrepreneur, trying to make it work. I hit my first 10K month with with my coaching income. It's not like I had it from other sources. I made a 10K month as a coach and it felt incredible. But it also wore, it, it wore off quite quickly. It's like, oh yeah, I did it. And then it's like, oh, but then I have to do it next month, right? So I already started putting pressure on myself that I had to do another 10K month because yeah, one 10K month does not prove anything. I need to do it two months. And I already know that, you know, the third month, the fourth, the fifth, it will not change. So the celebration was short-lived. And then what ended up happening in July is that I was on track to another on track to another 10k month i think it was at 6k or 7k another person showed up i ended up having an 8k month 
And I felt, I didn't feel horrible, but I'm like, oh, I didn't do it. It didn't work. I, I must have done something wrong or I should have worked harder. Or instead of me being like, wow, I had a 10K month last month and this month I have an 8K month. Just like being still in the energy of being grateful. And I wasn't doing that. And that's why I didn't celebrate or I couldn't celebrate because I was putting so much pressure on myself that I, if, if, I, do, if I have less than 10K a month, if I have less, less than 10K, then there's no reason to celebrate because I failed. That's literally how it felt. And, I, and there I see that it was actually holding me back from actually enjoying my business and to not focus so much on the 10K a month, but instead just focusing on Give it, and I did, it's not that I didn't, but to give my existing clients a great experience, right? And to increase the quality of, what, of my offers and to, yeah, just to not focus so much on selling. Um, and don't get me wrong, when you're running a business, you do, you do need to sell. You need to sell to make money, to make profit. And you need to pay your team, you want to grow, you also want to be compensated well, right? It's also more fun if you get compensated really well for the time you put into your business. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, in the past months, um, I have just been less than 10K. I think I had 10K in, in, in June and then I had 8K in July and then it just started going downwards to the point where I did sign up new clients. But it was just different than what I expected. I tried to do two group launches in May and June, and I had barely anyone sign up. I had one group starting off with two people, then one of those dropped out. So I had one person left, and I decided, you know what? I'll convert you into a one-on-one, -on -one, which is usually 10K, $10,000 for three months, and she paid 2000 So she was super happy. And um, I'm working together with her and we're just having a blast, right? So instead of me being all sad and disappointed that I'm now helping someone for 2K instead of the, the value is actually 10K, it's like, wow, you know, this person, you know, I can give so much to them right now. Um, so this, I'm, and I'm sharing this to just give you an idea that sometimes it might seem that everything is always under control and you know you're you're launching a program and then you're selling it out and you know that that that's not happening for me and i also have to say that i started my business coaching um offer my business coaching business in january of this year which is nine months ago right so even though i've started multiple coaching businesses in the last three years and I did get a lot of experience through that. And I did sell packages and I did get clients. This is a super new business, right? And hitting my first 10K month as a milestone is still pretty fucking incredible. If you look at the amount of time that I spent in this niche. So yeah, I am I'm happy. I'm grateful. I'm also proud in a way that I got to do that, that I got to realize that. Um, yeah, and uh, you know what was also really hard for me, challenging, is I've always been very abundant. I've always had it pretty easy financially. I have a very thriving history and career in IT as a technical consultant. So I did a lot of work in like cloud, data center, infrastructure, 
Um, I worked for one of the top software companies in the world, VMware. Uh, I was flying around, the, around Europe every week to do projects for customers. And I was making a great amount of money. I think I was earning maybe 6,000 a month, I think. 6K a month. And then they also had bonuses. And yeah, it was just great, great salary. Then I went freelance. And as a freelancer, you can charge even more. I was charging 95, 100 euros an hour. So I actually went up to 16,000 a month, which is crazy, right? So with that in my history, and with me also having decided like, hey, I've done this for 15 years, I wanna do something more meaningful, something with a purpose, and then coaching came on my, on my path. And then I'm doing all this work, all this effort, having months, basically two years of very little income trying to make it work. Well, actually, I, I could have chosen at any point to say, hey, I'm going back to IT. I'm going back to technical work. I'm going back to, yeah, being this nerd working on cloud and infrastructure technologies. And I'm, you know, it's easy for me. It's a very easy thing because I have so much experience. And then on the other end, I'm trying to make it work as an entrepreneur. It really fucked me up at times where I feel like, or where I felt like, you know what? I'm going to drop this whole entrepreneur thing and business and social media and branding. It's so much work. It's so much stress. And it it's not giving me anything. And as I'm saying this, it wasn't giving me the same amount of money as I had as an IT professional. But what it did give me was a sense of yeah purpose and i was helping people one-on-one -on -one and i could see transformation of people and i could hear them sh share like hey renee the session was so mind-blowing i really feel like i'm on the top of the mountain and i can do anything and yeah people leave leave calls with me very inspired and very ready to take the next step and that gives me so much more satisfaction and gratefulness than the work that i do in it so this proves to me as well that money is great, but if you're not fulfilled doing it, then the money doesn't really matter. And I've lived that for a couple of years now. So, yeah. So 10K months are great. It's a beautiful milestone. It's beautiful if you can hit it. It's amazing if you can turn it into consistent 10K months, which is something that I basically help my clients with it, it's one of their like goals it's like yeah I want to hit 10k months but what they're actually wanting I think is they want to set up a business that they're passionate about and that when they spend time on it it doesn't feel like work and then the byproduct is that they're growing towards the 10k months and that can be super quick it can be within a month it can also take two months it can also take a year Right. And that's kind of setting the expectations, but I'm holding, yeah, I'm holding a high vision when I'm, when I'm speaking with them before they become clients. It's like, Hey, you know, this is a marathon and I do see this result for you. I can't tell you how long it's going to take, but I do know that if you're going to keep walking this way, you're going to keep, keep on yeah, feeling inspired and passionate about this topic that you want to teach or offer online then you're gonna get there. And that's the vision that I hold for them and that's what I help them with. So, yeah. Hmm. 
tenkei The second thing that I wanted to speak into is relationships and combined with entrepreneurship. Because if, the, if there's one thing that I have noticed these past years as an entrepreneur is that it takes a lot of freaking time. I remember working from, and this was before I had my four hour work days, right? <laughs> I remember waking up in the morning and the only thing I could think was, I need to make it work. Uh, this was in the time when I couldn't really find any IT projects because of the COVID pandemic. And even though everything was in lockdown, they didn't want to give me a project, a remote one. So th this was also one of the reasons why I felt, hey, this is a sign. It's been 15 years in IT. Let's go do something else and something with more purpose, with a higher purpose. So, yeah, I... I just started working like crazy where I was working only 10 hours a week in my IT job. I suddenly was working 10 hours a day. I woke up in the morning. I thought I had to make it work. I quickly eat breakfast behind my laptop. I am writing posts. I'm coming up with strategies. I hired a business coach. I did all the things. I did live streams, marketing or um, master classes, workshops. And I was working from in the morning until evening and I was skipping meetings with friends. Um, I barely saw my partner who was also an entrepreneur at that time or well, she still is an entrepreneur, but we are no longer together. And yeah, it was it was very challenging. On one end, it was amazing because we were both very passionate about entrepreneurship. So we kind of understood we could get what the other person was going through. Like, oh, I'm just having so much fun right now. I'm so inspired. I want to write this post. I want to do a live stream. Um, but I, I remember in the beginning of our relationship, when I wasn't yet working as an entrepreneur, my partner, my girlfriend was always working. And it frustrated the hell out of me because I, you know, when I'm in a relationship, then I want to spend time with my partner. And... Maybe it also doesn't really help that we were that we're living in Bali, right? Because there's always so many things to do. It's always nice weather. There's always waterfalls to go to or go to the beach or go for a sunset walk or yeah, it just just feels like there's always more there there's always too many reasons to go do something in Bali. There's always always something beautiful to go do. And um yeah, being there with a girlfriend that's always working, I just got really frustrated. And I told her a couple of times, like, hey, I need to spend time with you. And she's like, yeah, but I need to work. I'm like, well, I don't care. I'm in a relationship with you. I need to see you. So I really felt like sometimes I was holding her back from working more on her business. But in hindsight, I think that was actually really good because I went into that same kind of internal red race with myself that I'm like, more more hours means more success working more working harder means more success and i don't i no longer feel like that's true of course we need to do things but the challenge is that there's always more things to do there's always more work to do as an entrepreneur working on your own business there 
it's never finished. There's always more work to do. So you can work 14, you can work 20 hours a day. But what you're actually doing then is destroying yourself. And you're preventing yourself from connecting with your friends and also talking about relationships. It's impossible to have a relationship this way. If you want to work 20 hours a day, be my guest. But then, you know, especially having a relationship, that's not going to work out. Then why not choose to be single and fully dedicate your life to your business? That's something that I also don't believe. I, I mean, I love being an entrepreneur. I really feel like this has always been inside of me already. Building things, constructing things, being an inventor, being a pioneer, trying out new things being visible online i think that's one of my most favorite parts and then being able to really give people a transformation help people go through transformation so that's what i love but if i'm really honest and if i feel in my heart if i would have a partner and i have a big desire for a family as well would business be on number one hell no no, it would be a very huge part of my life, yes. But my partner, my family, my children, when I have them, they will be, yeah, they will be on number one. And business will be on number two. Because I feel like, yeah, that's something I'm passionate about. And that's something that I can help a lot of people, like thousands. And I'm, you know, my, my vision is also growing, like helping millions of people. I do have a desire, and this is vulnerable. This is also vulnerable to share. Um, I feel that if I really tap into my internal compass and my strength that I feel, the man I'm growing into, then I will be at the same. I don't like to use the word level, but at the same kind of level of impact of Tony Robbins. I feel like I have that. I have so much in me and it's coming out more and more and it's a process and i know that it's a process and that i shouldn't push myself too hard to get there as quickly as possible because i know it will come and i'm still young i'm 33 so i still have many years to go but i feel like if i just keep taking small steps towards that vision of me being on stage with thousands of people then then that will come i want to have an impact on many people i want to help and inspire many people so yeah so coming back to relationships and entrepreneurship i see that that can definitely be a challenge i think it's beautiful i'm a bit split i think it can be beautiful if you're both entrepreneurs so at least you understand each other and you can support each other but i also think that the life of an entrepreneur and all the things and i would love to speak into that as well at some point but all the things that are coming at you all the challenges and all the chaos and things not working out and people dropping out and, and complaints and disputes and people, you know, filing, um, how do you say, like suing you or whatever and filing for refunds and all that stuff is all coming up. And I've gone through quite a lot of that shit already. Um, and, and I keep repeating to myself, this is part of it. And, and thankfully, I have a lot of friends of mine are coaches and entrepreneurs. And they all share the same thing. Like, yeah, you know, at some point you need to go through this discomfort. The discomfort of dealing with 
a shitty client or a client that messes things up or a client that drops out half through the program or a client that asks for a refund or you know there's there's all these things that are happening and you have to move through it and you become more resilient and i've become more resilient as well to it so um yeah so i think it's beautiful if you're both entrepreneurs and there's a part of me that feels like maybe i love being an entrepreneur and i think it's really cool but i also see especially for women that most of the people that I know, most women that I know that are entrepreneurs are also very much in their masculine. And they need to be because they have teams to, you know, teams to manage. They have targets and launches and they're working with numbers a lot. And yeah, I really see how that masculine side needs to come up in those moments. But if I'm honest, when I see a woman that's fully in her feminine, in her feminine flow, then I'm super attracted. That's what I love in women, that they can be in flow, that they can be feminine. That's when I feel good about really going into my masculine. And if they're not, then there's almost like some sort of resistance. If they are, if a woman is too much in their, in their masculine, then I don't feel attracted to her then I feel like, wow, that's, that's a dude, um, just energetically. And yeah, I believe in polarity in relationships as well, that there's a masculine and feminine <clears throat> and they don't have to be, you know, it's not like men are always in the masculine and women always in their feminine, but I do, I do feel that there's a natural flow and I feel that there's like a default to fall back to. And I love, falling back as a default back in my masculine and I love my woman and my partner to fall back in her feminine so I I feel like a woman in entrepreneur and they're not all the same not all women are very much in their masculine and they're able to go back into their feminine but I've, I've played with the thought like maybe it would be a better idea for me to be with someone that's not an entrepreneur and earns her money in a different way right nine to five i'm not sure but something remote or something that she's excited about or yeah or maybe even just being excited about the fact to or excited about becoming a mother and not so much focused on career and money and and that sort of things so yeah that is um something that has crossed my mind when it comes to relationships and with me being an entrepreneur um yeah because it is challenging. And I also love just having a woman at home that is there for me that when I, when I finish my work that I can spend time with her. And if you're both entrepreneurs, then the risk is, and I've lived that with my previous partner, that in the evening we didn't even see each other. We're both working, working, working. And then one of us, we would walk over to each other's office. We were living in a very beautiful home together with, we both had our own separate bedrooms. We both had our own offices and then we had the kitchen living room and sometimes we wouldn't see each other for hours even though we're like three meters apart from each other because we were just working in our own offices and um, yeah that also felt pretty isolating at times and then one of us would walk over to the other and like hey babe I miss you why are you still working or late at night right 10 p.m 11 p.m coming over my partner would come over hey babe why are you still why are you still working do you want to spend time with me this evening right and then it feels like ouch 
what am I doing? Like, is work really this important that I'm still working at 10 p.m. at night? And I, I don't feel, I don't believe that, that that's necessarily the whole point of being an entrepreneur, to work yourself to death. No, I believe that it will take effort. It will take time. And especially when you get started, there's going to be moments that you're working late in the evening and thinking, why am I, you know, why am I still working? It's all part of the journey. And then you come back to center and you try to find balance. And that's, that's what I feel I found. And then you're just working a set amount of hours. You just do the necessary things, the big important things and not the fiddling on your website, not the putting hours of your time in Canva and, and creating graphics. And, you know, I am, yeah, I've got a team as well now to help me with that. I've got a graphics designer, a virtual assistant, and they do a great job helping me and take all these tasks out of my hand that do need to happen, but that I should not be focusing my time on. So, um, yeah, that also really helps being an entrepreneur, building a team. So when you're an entrepreneur and you're listening, go build a team. You don't have to hire someone for 40 hours a week. You can just start slowly, hire someone, see if they match your vibe, if they're if they're a great person. And you just start off with a couple hours every week. Because when they when they help you save time, then you have more time to take better care of yourself, to spend time with your loved ones and yeah, to not be working all the time. So let others support you is very, very important. Yeah. And then the, the third thing that I wrote down is, um, I wrote down big bang entrepreneur or job on the side. And yeah, I feel like I have gone nose deep face first into this. Um, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I, I had a very amazing job as a freelancer in IT. I was making shit tons of money. And then I thought I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And one of the reasons why I did that was also because I couldn't really land a new project somehow, even though I have a very specialistic area of expertise, I just couldn't. I couldn't find a project and they didn't want to hire me because I was in Bali and well, it was one big shit show. So I was kind of forced, I feel, because I did put time and effort. I could have, you know, spent more months trying to find an IT project, but I felt like this was my cue. It's like, it's been 15 years. This is a sign. I'm done anyway. I'm not really enjoying the IT work anymore. I'm going to become an entrepreneur. I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to help people because that is what I love to do. It's my passion, it's my purpose, and I'm going to make a profit with it. That was my idea. Um, so for me, it was a big bang, right? I quit my IT work and then I went into entrepreneurship. I did have some savings, but I, I had to make it, right? I had to make it. I hired a business coach. Um, I really was in the anticipation or I was really expecting that I was going to earn 2k a month in the beginning, 3k, 4k, 5k, and I was quickly going to scale it up to 10k a month. Well, I couldn't be more wrong. I was struggling. It was not working. And then, as I said, I switched niches a couple of times. So I went first with being a shame coach. Then I started coaching 
men with sexuality because I learned a lot in Tantra and about intimacy and sexuality and I wanted to pass on all that experience and tools to men. Then that turned into relationship coaching because the men that I had as clients had girlfriends and then they're like, hey, do you know anything for women as well? I'm like, yes, I do. So that kind of transitioned very naturally into relationship coaching. Did that for 10 months. Uh, put out some really amazing masterclasses, workshops, all that stuff. Um, but I was not selling a single client. Even my business coach that was coaching me at the time, he, I know, he wanted to support me. He's like, yeah, Renee, I'm signing up for your relationship coaching program. He paid me in full and that was my first 2K pay in full. But it didn't sit right. I did ask him like, hey, did you just... Does, did you just do that to support me? He's like, no, no, no. I'm just really interested in what you're teaching. Um, but that never really, you know, it didn't work. I didn't feel like I had a sell, a sale. So, um, yeah, so I was really struggling with that. And um, not having any income uh, apart from my coaching business really put a lot of pressure on it. And, you know, what happens when you feel the pressure to earn money, then you start acting from a scarcity mindset, money scarcity. Because if, if you live, and I did that, it's like, fuck, like money is going out of my bank account every month. I still have bills to pay. I still have things that I do. I still live. I still need food. I'm, I have the rent of my house. And I wasn't making enough money. Money was just going down and down and down and my stress was climbing up and I really felt like I needed to make it work and it didn't. And then when you're on a sales call with someone and you feel like, fuck, I really need to, I need to sell. I really hope this person is going to sign up. Then what happens is you're, you're just approaching the, the sales call that you have with your potential client from a please sign because I need the money energy, right? And there's nothing more repellent than being on the phone with someone and that you notice that they're really desperate for money, right? It just brings up all the fear, all the, all the objections and like, wow, is this person really trying to help me or are they just trying to earn money over me, right? So even if you have a beautiful program, even if you're willing to, or if you're able to help people on significant levels and in beautiful ways for all the parts of their life, if you are coming from scarcity mindset where you are desperate for money, then you're going to have a very hard time selling. So it's a bit of a paradox, right? You want to, you're in scarcity mode, you want to earn money, but to earn money, you need to sell, but because you're so desperate for money, you can't sell. So you're like really stuck. Um, so when I wrote down in my notes here, big bang entrepreneur or job on the side, what I mean is when you, when you're an entrepreneur and you can still have a job on the side to provide for your living expenses, money wise, then that would be such a, one of my biggest recommendations to you if you're starting. And it's, it's also a great yeah, it's like one of the lessons learned for me. Like if I would ever do this all over again, I would not lose my primary source of income just so I can become an entrepreneur. It's much better to balance these things out and say, hey, 
I've got a job and it's making me money and maybe you can work less, right? So maybe you can, instead of working five days a week, 40 hours, which, you know, all your energy is gone. You really don't have that much energy left to build your business. Maybe, you know, work less, work maybe three days a week or four days a week. And for me, it was, it's kind of easy to say because I was still, even if I would have worked 10 hours a week, I would have still earned 4K a month, which is, you know, more than what most people earn, even when they're working full time. Um, but for me, not having my income stream because I couldn't find a project, in hindsight, I should have put more effort in finding a project. And I should have maybe tried to gener uh, to make some other forms of income streams so that it can support my coaching business. Because what ended up happening in the beginning of this year, I... Um, what ended up happening is, I think I, I'm not sure if I shared this already in my previous episodes, but I enrolled in a real estate project last year. And this real estate project is about to finish next month. And then this is going to basically provide me with money to live from, like living expense wise. So I don't really have to think about money anymore. But having this project, it, uh, it's twofold. It, it put a lot of stress. It put a lot of stress on me because um, I paid off the construction every month. I didn't pay everything up front. So there was just a lot of money flowing out, which, which I couldn't, I wasn't earning yet as a coach. Like if I wanted to pay for that, I definitely needed to, have, to earn between 10 and 20K a month. I wasn't doing that yet. And I was putting so much pressure on my coaching business to get there that I was acting from money scarcity mode, even though I had enough money to live from. But because I had this other big expense every month, the construction of the real estate project, I put myself in so much scarcity. So I lost quite a lot of sales because people could just feel that money scarcity it was coming from me, even though it wasn't scarcity for survival, but I was still in that energy because I couldn't come up with the money for, to finish the construction, right? So what I ended up doing, and that's what I'm doing now, as I'm recording this, I'm in the Netherlands to visit my family and uh, just spend some time in my home country in the Netherlands where I was born. Um, I took on another IT project and it really felt like a step backwards. It's like, wow, I created all this freedom as an entrepreneur and I love being an entrepreneur. I love coaching i love finding clients it's a lot of freaking work but i but it's worth it and i can and i've i can uh, support myself financially but i wasn't making the amount of money that i needed to finish my project so i i talked about it with my therapist as well and he's like you know renee you can always just you know you don't have to go back forever but you can just take on a couple projects and then make the money finish the real estate project and then you don't have to worry about money anymore. And then you can focus fully on your coaching. And I'm like, yeah, well, now it's easy. But then it's like, yeah, but I don't like it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. There's no purpose. But there is a purpose because it is helping me to come from a very clean space when it comes to my coaching. So the point that I'm trying to make here is when you are able to support yourself financially, through another job or another form of income. Yes, you might be trading your time for money in a way that does not necessarily speak to you in the most beautiful way. 
but it is supporting you and it, it is giving you the opportunity to really focus on giving in your coaching instead of taking or needing, right? It's you giving, it's you being in service of your clients and your potential clients. When you're able to do that, then you will land the sales. Because one other example that I can give you is um, last year, I yeah, had a few financial things that happened that were actually very positive for me. And I ended up with uh, quite a bit of money in my bank, which I was also using for my construction. But that was in the beginning of this year, I think in January or February. So I was feeling so abundant because... A, I had quite a lot of money in the bank. I think I had like maybe 50 or 60K in the bank. Um, I was, uh, you know, my coaching business started to take off. My first month was already like four or 5K. And I'm like, wow. And I, I, I could feel it. I could see that vision of me that was going to be so abundant with my business. And I still see that, but I also see that it's just going to take some time, which is fine. But I remember being on a sales call. And I pitched them the price. And it was, uh, I think at that point, I pitched 10K for six months of work with me. And I told them, hey, I know it's 10K. I know it's a big investment. But also, you know, I will teach you how to build your own money machine with the thing you're passionate about, right? So it's worth a lot of money as well. And And I shared as well, like, hey, and I'm not really doing this for the money. I mean, I'm doing this to build my business, but I'm building villas. I have my real estate project. I don't have to work anymore at the end of this year. So I have zero pressure to sign you and to earn the money because I don't have to. And I remember that that felt so empowering. It felt so clean coming to my potential client. And that client also signed up. And I think that was also my first 10K client. And I remember talking uh, with that client um, after we finished or like at the end of us finishing. And then I did an interview with her. And she, she, she actually shared that with me. She's like, yeah, when you shared with me that you're not doing this for the money, and that, you know, you're just here sharing and willing to help people, that it gave her all the gave her all the confidence that this was a right decision for her. So the reason why I'm sharing this is the contrast between coming from scarcity mode, where you're like, I need the money, please, please sign with me because I need this. And then basically scaring people away versus, um, hey, you know, I'm happy to help you. If you don't sign up, that's fine too. I, I, don't, I don't need this. I am doing really great in life. And I would love to share with you how I'm doing it and then for your own learning, right? So you're really giving instead of needing and taking. And that, I think, has been the number one reason for me to be able to close deals, to sell my program to clients. And in the moments, I've had over 100 sales calls in all these different businesses. And I think by now I'm getting to maybe 15, 15 that I closed. So I'm still like, you know, I'm growing. My statistics are improving, but I 100% know for sure that if I would have been more in that abundant mindset and more giving and more believing what I'm offering and the value, then I would have definitely closed so many more uh, clients. And it's a business. So 
whether you like it or not, this is what it's about. If you have a program and you want to grow it, you want to make it better, you need people to say yes to your offer. And if they don't, you're just there waiting. And I think that's uh, that's a shame because I, I believe, honestly, especially if you're a coach listening, I believe you're doing this also because you really want to make a positive impact in people's lives. And you can only do that when they say yes to you. Regardless of the investment point, you want people to say yes, you want to take people through the program because if you're not, you just have a piece of paper which says what kind of modules you're teaching and there's no results because you never helped anyone with it yet. So, yeah. Woo, big share. Hmm. Yeah. I think I've also been recording for quite a bit. So, yeah, I feel I feel complete sharing sharing this. These were really beautiful topics. I would love to hear from you any feedback, questions, certain topics you would like to share, you you would like me to share about. Um, please Give me feedback. That's something that I would love because this is just a monologue. It also feels really good to share. It feels vulnerable to share. Um, I also I also feel that this is pretty easy for me to share about. I think um, I feel like I'm in a process of becoming more vulnerable as we go and sharing more things that are alive for me right now. Um, but I I feel like this is this is really really fun. And really cool. So please share with me if you've listened to these episodes, what you think, any feedback or ideas are very much appreciated. If you give me a follow on Instagram, um, I think you can even send me messages in Spotify, like voice messages. You can reach out. I would love for you to just send me a message on uh, Instagram. I am Renee Boss with double S. And yeah, I would love to have a conversation with you as well. Um, if there's any topic that you would like to speak on, I'm also open to having more guests come online here in the session, whether it's for business coaching or if you want to have a, yeah, an open, authentic, vulnerable chat with me and be real about the whole entrepreneurship slash life and health and wealth kind of topics, then I'm also open to hearing that from you. And yeah, I'm thanking you again for listening and then staying with me for, for nearly 50 minutes. So have a beautiful day wherever you are and I'll see you on the next episode.